gentlemen, how are you doing? How are you living? We have finally made it. NFL season week one has officially happened. Treese and I are recording this directly after the Pittsburgh Giants game. And right before we hopped on, we were like, you know, it was awesome getting to watch games all day Sunday. But boy, were we also exhausted because the emotional roller coaster that I know Treese went through for that Jags game, I kind of got to go through it Thursday with the Chiefs. But trying to keep up with every game that was going on, on Sunday, all the storylines, players coming back, the league being back, being excited, it was like, ooh. Wow, this is a feeling I forgot about that we hadn't had in a while. But, man, it's amazing. I'm so glad football is back, and we get to cover week one. That's what we're going to do today. That's what we do after the first games, or excuse me, the Sunday, Thursday, Monday games that take place. We come in, review. We're going to do a certain amount of games this year so we don't just get into the bland of, you know, reviewing and preview, review, preview every week, week in and week out. So we're going to kind of mix it up, just kind of give a more in-depth look to games. So I'm excited for it. I'm going to shut up here. Justin Treese, how are you doing? You called it. Jacksonville wins their first game. I mean, post-game interview here. How are you feeling, man? I mean, it was a team victory. I, I can't take all the credit. You know, I'll take some of it, but I'm not going to take all of it. That's I'm, I'm a team guy. Let's not forget that. Uh, but in all reality, that game was a emotional roller coaster that I have not felt since the 2017 season. Like I just haven't. And it was amazing. Um, not to mention before I dive into that though, like, you know, I'm huge in fantasy and like, I try to only do like one league because like, that's just the way I am. I'm like all focused there. I hate like having like, Oh, well I'm playing this guy, but I also have him. So I need him to do Mm -hmm. good, but not great. Like I hate that. And so like our league is, very very big right 12 team league it's been going on for 14 years i've said it before i don't need to go over it again i came into tonight up by 15 and a half and i had nobody else to play and that kid had saquon barkley and i thought i was toast i yeah. end up pulling out the victory Woo! but how many man, points that, did he end up scoring is it ppr by the way it is it is half a point ppr in my oh. league which is nice. Um, he ended up with 9.6. So I ended up winning by 6.1. And, oh, man, it was that la- that second to last drive. Or, no, it was their last drive when they ended up scoring a touchdown. But they threw the out route to him on right on the bottom side of the screen. I thought he was going to catch it. And I was going to be so pissed. Because the kid I faced got every garbage point possible this week. He had Deshaun Watson, who just had two garbage touchdowns on Thursday night in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. And then he had Adam Thielen, two garbage touchdowns in the fourth quarter when they were do- getting dominated. And then Ridley, who had two fourth quarter touchdowns. He, so he had six garbage touchdowns that just got him into the game. But you want to know what? It's fine. Like, I had nobody really go off on my team. I just had consistency. Like, everybody in that, like, 10 to 15 range. And I was just like, all right, I'm good. So – Anyways, because I know everybody cares about my fantasy team. Well, hey, so, I'm right there with you. I'm in nine leagues because mic'd up. We decided to open up like, hey, we're going to do a couple fantasy leagues. How many people are interested? Apparently, it's shit time. So we have about, I think, six or seven leagues just through mic'd up, and that's awesome. I have one that's with Matt and Mello and all our buddies, one with buddies from college, and then one that I forgot about with my old job. I guess they renewed the league, and they kept me in it even though I left. So I'm in nine leagues. I have gone 9-0, and and it has been 
magical, just paying attention to everything today. Like, ooh, you know, Ingram on – or yeah, Ingram for the Giants, the tight end. Saquon Barkley, like, hey, are any of these guys going to blow up? I really hope not. They didn't. It worked out great. I love it. I feel bad for Saquon Barkley, though. Uh, dude wasn't able to do anything. You could visibly tell he was just so frustrated on that sideline. Okay, so let's do this. Let's get into our player prop bets and spread bets, just to give everybody an update on where we're at before we start breaking down some games. Yes, so, thank you. So first of all, let's go with um, – Sorry, I'm looking for my pen now because now i got to update because of that Steelers game here. Um, that changes a little bit of things since that game literally just ended. Okay, so right now we still have one game left. We both chose the Titans to cover 1.5, which I think is going to happen, especially now that Sutton is out. Um, you ended up winning, getting nine correct so far. So Shit, nine games. Look at me. I ended up getting ten correct so far. Look at you. I mean, after the thanks for the free win against the Jags, I believe is a quote, a direct quote from you. Um, yeah, it, it feels good. <laughs> yeah. feels All right, good. touche, touche. <laughs> so you went, so right now you're nine, four, or sorry, yeah, nine, four, and one, because there was a tie with the um, Chargers game. Okay, like a push? It was a push, yep, okay, correct. Cool. It was a push on the spread, um, and then I'm 10, three, and one. So there we go there, and then we can we both can gain another game. For player prop bets, though, you went three and three, and I went two and four. So you do have me on one there. So you got me on the Zeke one. Uh, it was 87 yards. He ended up with 96. I felt so good going into the fourth quarter because if you remember, I said he's not going to get 87 rushing yards, but he's going to have two touchdowns. And he looked like he wasn't going to get it, and he was going to have two touchdowns. I was like, damn it, this looks good. This, And then, of course, Boston won a big 20-yard run. I was like, damn it, bummer. But anyway, so you have you have the prop bet lead heading into week two, but I got the spread lead by one. So it's one and one. It's going to be close. Excited to see how uh, the rest of the year plays out. Glad to be neck and neck right here at the start instead of just one of us automatically being blown out of the water. You got to love that consistency. It's going to be a tight race all the way to the finish. I feel really confident this year with the player prop bets. Last year, you know, I was kind of like, I don't know. They haven't really done any of the gambling, betting, you know, props type deal. This year, I'm a lot more prepared. So it's well, on like Donkey Kong Tree. So hope you're ready for it. You got Tree Civia for us? We doing I do that? Not, I, I don't have Tree Civia. I mean, I knew we had a loaded show, so I didn't even look anything up. I'll have some for next episode, though. No worries. Um, Before we get into the games that we're going to be covering, which is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Carolina Panthers, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington football team, and then the Lions, the Detroit Lions versus the Chicago Bears. Those are going to be the three games that we're covering today uh, in depth. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and do our offense and defensive players of the week. Uh, for me, I think it needs to be Devontae Adams. What he did to that Minnesota Vikings defense was amazing. The connection that him and Aaron Rodgers have continued to develop into this year, that's going to be a scary duo because NVS and uh, Alan Lazard, you throw those other two in the mix, it just it kind of turns into for the defense like, ooh, which guy are we worried about beating us on, you know, in a certain moment in the game? Because Devontae Adams is a fantastic route runner. 
But those other guys have shown the ability to, you know, catch contested balls um, and make plays after the catch. And so if you're the Packers, you have to love that because you got a lot of hate heading after this offseason uh, within the draft, not drafting a receiver number one in the first round, trading up to get a quarterback. But, man, I don't know if they should have anyways because this offense looks fine. In my opinion, it does. Yeah, he was amazing. If you remember, I, my prediction was he was going to lead the NFL after week one in receiving yards. One yard short. Julio's yep. got a bad yard. <laughs> 157 uh, to 156. Yeah, I felt good about it, though. Uh, the premise is still there because he had two touchdowns. So uh, I love that. I kind of think MBS is garbage, though. Like, he had two massive drops. Like, easy walk-in touchdown drops. He needs to clean that shit up. And Sounds they probably like Demarcus Robertson. Sounds like Demarcus Robertson. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, for me, I think it's no surprise who I'm going to take as offensive player of the week. Let's it's Gardner. It. It's Gardner Minshew. Bow, bow, bow. 19 for 20. Only incompletion is a drop. And I mean, only 173 passing yards. So that's not great. But what he did just making plays and then three touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers. And then obviously the upset victory. It, for me, it's that's my guy. Like it had it had to be him this week for me. Yeah. Uh, within that game, let's just kind of do like a special dive for you, like a deep dive into this. What? Because that first drive by the Colts, I mean, they marched all the way down the field with the run game. Like they just pounded the ball right down their throat, right up the middle, and I was like, ooh. Trace did mention this like running game. Like the they're not going to be able to stop any teams against the run. The run defense is horrible. Sitting there with Matt Mello watching the game, I was like, hey, this is what Tree said. He also got him, you know, he predicted an upset and was like, I don't know if they win another game after this. We all kind of laughed at it. And then it was like they just stopped the run. You know, there were some there were some runs by the Colts, you know, that went well, but it wasn't anything that just kind of kept them from taking over the game. Like I thought they would after hearing your prediction, especially that first drive uh, with what the with excuse me, with what the run defense had done or been. Yeah, I mean, I, right when they scored, I was like, yep, this is going to be a long season. And then they come back on offense. Robinson has a huge couple of huge runs and then a very silly face mask on the center, which I just there's overall in the NFL. I thought there were some very soft calls by the refs this week. Um, definitely I think that was. Gets, I think they're, that gets cleaned up. But like overall, I mean. They only averaged four yards per carry on the dot, which I was very happy with. I really thought it was going to be five point something. I mean, Mac was averaging 6.5, mainly all on that first drive. And yeah, I was I was legit worried there. And but in the second half, it was Hamilton, their third round pick this year that everybody made fun of, including myself. Of like, was that really the necessary pick there? He stepped up huge. Taven Bryant low-key played pretty good. <laughs> I, it's weird to say, uh, but he played pretty well. And then, I mean, the linebacker court, dude, you, I was texting you, like, Miles Jack was everywhere on that field. And I just kept saying to myself, it's almost like somebody had been saying he'd be so much better at the will and not the middle <laughs> linebacker. Like, what is going on? Um, and then Schobert played balls out like he played an amazing game as well so the i mean the defense just played great all together even the defensive backs man jones who took harrison's spot he led the team in tackles played up in the box sometimes had 12 tackles he was a stud cj henderson oh my goodness 
I got Looked a full, fantastic. full and crush on him right now, dude. He is like <laughs> he was playing balls out. Herndon played fantastic. I've been talking about him all off season, how he's low key very disrespected on people not realizing how good he is. So defense played great. I think what I'm most excited about is the left side of the offensive line. Cam Robinson, Andrew Norwell, Brandon Linder. I've been very critical of Andrew Norwell. Everybody in the world has been critical of Cam Robinson. But I also have been saying, hey, last year he was coming off of an ACL tear. Let's see him one year like where he's got fully recovered. And those three pushed around everybody. Cam Robinson did allow one sack, but it almost looked like Glinder hiked the ball early and Robinson just got a late snap, a uh, late jump on the ball. So um, that's what I'm most excited about, about all of this was that side of the line, just being able, able to get pushes to give undrafted James Robinson, who looked very good, uh, just some openings. So, I mean, overall, dude, I just, the, the team, I almost felt like they had no business being in the game, <laughs> like all game. I'm like, it's close, but, I feel like the Colts are just kicking the shit out of them, but like Mm -hmm. just one play happens, you know, like Colts went for it on fourth down on the five yard line and the Jags got to stop. And, you know, a weird interception with CJ Henderson. And then I get just weird things. Right. And then all of a sudden the fourth quarter came in and I'm like, wow, Colts look tired and the Jags don't. Maybe that's why they have a, 16 rookies on their team they're all young they don't know what tired is like they like that literally (laughs) doesn't go through a young person's body (laughs) like they all look like they had a whole bunch of energy so i love that i uh, biggest play for me might have been um miles jack hit paris campbell so hard on the sideline and paris campbell got up into his face and was flexing on him like he did the hit when it was clearly miles jack did the hit but it wasn't good like 12 yard run but then Miles Jack last year would have pushed him back, got ejected from the game. Like Miles Jack got ejected two games last year and had so many penalties um, like that. He just lifted his hands up and said, I'm not doing anything. And 15 yard penalty on the Colts. And then the Jags got the stop there, went down and scored the next drive. So that to me, like it's the little things, right? So I love Mm -hmm. that. Um, That's all I'm going to do because we have a lot to get into. Um, I'm going to be breaking down this game tomorrow on Twitter, uh, kind of like how okay. you do, like how you do with the Chiefs games. I'm going to do yep. the same thing with the Jags tomorrow. So, um, well, if anybody, is, go ahead. Sorry, I was just saying, if anybody is interested, just check out my Twitter tomorrow tomorrow night. Perfect. I mean, if they get the all 22 out, I freaking hope so. The Chiefs still isn't out from Thursday, oh. and I haven't gotten to watch it at all. And I don't want to. I don't like watching the broadcast or doing a review on a broadcast game because. There's just some angles you miss, you know, the point of yep. view. Uh, so hopefully that all drops tomorrow. I really hope it does. But let's go ahead and get into this first game that we want to do. Trace, excuse me, do you want to get into the Eagles in Washington or Vegas, Carolina? Let's do Eagles, Washington. That's Eagles, what I have first on my list. Yep. Perfect. So this was a final score of 27 to 17. The Washington football game were able was able to beat Philadelphia. Um uh, a team that's just dismantled by injuries right now, top to bottom, really. Miles Sanders didn't play. He was ruled out at the start of the game, or before the game started, excuse me, that morning. And just from there, it was like, you just kind of had a feeling it wasn't going to be Philadelphia's day. And at the start, it was. And really what I think helped out was their play-action game. A lot of their plays at the start was off of play-action. And Carson Wentz was able to hit someone down the field 
And then, it, like, throughout the game, it was kind of as if Washington realized these guys aren't running the freaking ball. They don't have anybody. Why are we biting on it? And so they would just send four, randomly blitz somebody, and they would get pressure, make contact with Carson Wentz, and their secondary did just enough to stop the Eagles. But, I mean, the Eagles' defense, dude, I don't know how you got beat by Dwayne Haskins and that receiving core. I guess I do get it because that receiving core is better than I think some people want to realize. Sims looked good. Terry McLaurin looked good. Or McLaurin, excuse me, looked fine. And then their tight end. The name is slipping my mind right here. Trace, do you remember off the top of your head? Lance Thomas. Lance Thomas, the dude that won me a whole bunch of money in DraftKings. <laughs> yeah. Did you really? How much you win? We don't have to talk about that. All, all right. All right. <laughs> my, my man. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> but, I mean, he had a phenomenal game. Kind of broke out the year. I think he's going to be. Uh, a good receiving target for Dwayne Haskins. The notes that I kind of took, second quarter, Eagles dropped a pass, and then Wentz took a big hit. From there, it just kind of seemed like, ooh, Carson Wentz is going to be taking a lot of contact. Haskins was looking like he was more comfortable in the pocket, and that's good. You like to see that for a second-year quarterback. Hopefully Alex Smith can kind of help him with some reads and you know get the ball out of his hand quick. And you kind of saw that throughout the game. Haskins wasn't sitting there holding on to the ball long. It was like, hey, this is where I'm at, here's my read, boom, ball's out of my hand, and that was good. The Eagles' defense, it looked fine in the first half. After that, it was like everything just fell apart for them. They were getting to Haskins, they were making contact, you know, getting up in his face, letting him really know, like, hey, we're here, second year in the NFL, welcome to it, pal. It didn't bother him at all, so you love to see that. Wentz's interception, so he had two of them. That first one, what throw? Like, I mean, I don't understand why you tried to throw that. I don't know what you saw, the opportunity to put it in, to put the ball in that window. It just wasn't good. The second interception, you stared down the receiver, and you're on the opposite hash throwing to the sideline on a hitch route. That DB had all day to make a move on it. Treese, before I keep going on my notes here, is there anything that you want to pipe in, or do you just kind of want to do my notes, your notes, back and forth? Uh, let's just go your notes, my notes for this one, because I'm agreeing with a lot of these things. I'm kind of crossing out the things that you're saying so we don't repeat, so <laughs> just keep going. Okay, perfect. Washington's first touchdown. I'm just kind of jumping all over the place because as I'm watching the game, I'm taking my notes here, and it was just as I see it, I'm writing it down. I'm like, okay, this is what's going on with the game. Washington's first touchdown, it was a clear busted coverage uh, by the defense of the Eagles. And then, like I said, from there, it was just kind of all downhill. The Washington defensive pressure, it was too easy for them to get to Carson Wentz. And you hate to see that because Carson Wentz has the mindset of that he always needs to create. And the Eagles just want to throw, like, just, they just want to have deep shots all the time. They just want to, they want to score on explosive plays and play exciting football. So Carson Wentz has it in his mind. is like, okay, if I don't see something immediately, I just need to make something happen. And so he just sits there with a the ball in his hands. And if pressure comes, he tries to do this duck. And we've seen him do it time and time again. He did it a couple times in this game, and it was great. But, you know, defenders, they realize that, and they see your moves, and they're able to just not be fooled by him anymore. And he's going to end up hurting himself. He's going to hurt his neck because he's dropping his head like that. And when a defender's coming in on a blitz, they're not slowing down just because you duck your head. That's your own fault. They might get a penalty, and they might get fined, but it's your neck that you're putting at risk and your head, and you've already gotten a concussion last year. That's how you ended your season. We saw Dan Orlovsky come out and say, hey, Carson Wentz, you're hanging on to the ball too long. You're the reason you're losing. I don't know if I fully agree with that. 
because on a third and three in the fourth quarter, Carson Wentz has been sacked seven times. This offensive line is beat up. You're losing in the fourth. It's third and three, and you call up a play for a deep shot. Why is it that you don't just run a basic offense with easy open looks that are schemed, and instead you just want to send Rager down the field? You want to send you know, Deshaun Jackson down the field when you have Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz in the middle of the field who can create and take defenders away, and then you can sneak one of those fast guys across the middle. It's like everything has to be really deep down the field, and Carson Wentz has to hang on to the ball forever and take these deep drops, and it just allows the defense to get right up to him. I just I don't know what the Eagles are doing. It's frustrating to see because they should be better, but I understand because they're injured all over the place. Hopefully, Miles Sanders can come back and add something to the running game because I didn't have one yesterday. And that offensive line, boy, they need to figure something out or Carson Wentz isn't playing an entire season. Yeah, the whole thing with Carson Wentz and dropping his head like that, he did that against Clayus Campbell in uh, the London game a couple of years ago. And I think that he's like, holy shit, that actually works. And then yeah. he's done ever since. So it's like one of those things that you're like, as a fan, you're like, man, I'm really upset that that actually worked <laughs> the first time. Yeah. Um, so my notes, um, Rager. So huge deep reception early in the game, which is great. But I also did notice he was the punt returner and fumbles the first punt and was never back there again. So um, as everybody knows, or most people know, he had problems with drops in college. So I thought it was very interesting that he was back there and not Deshaun Jackson. So, um, I mean, already lost the job there. So first punt out of the job there. Um, no Miles Sanders, obviously a huge deal. He's a huge part of the passing game, huge part of the running game, obviously. The bigger thing was Lane Johnson being out. Sounds like he is going to be available next week, so that is good for them. They desperately need it. Also, it's good that they don't face that pass rush <laughs> um, every single week. Um, other thing. Goddard, Dallas Goddard, he is the future of that team. He is so good. Like, it is ridiculous how good he is. And they need to just find ways to always have either him or Ertz in the slot. The other one lined up as a tight end. And, like, those two need to be on the field all the time. Like, don't worry about it. Like, they're trying to get rid of Alshon Jeffrey. Get rid of him and just let Goddard play the Alshon Jeffrey role at this point. So, uh, love Goddard there. Uh, Malik Jackson coming back from injury. So he, he got a sack early on in the game. I think that he's going to make that defensive line better. I think uh, as the season goes on, him and uh, Fletcher Cox are going to be a pretty nasty duo as two defensive tackles. So really looking forward to that. Um, I could see that defensive line as long as it stays healthy. And I know Vinny Curry, it sounds like he's going to be out for a while. But um, as long as that defensive line stays healthy, I actually am excited about the Eagles defensive line um, throughout the year. Uh, speaking of defensive line, Washington's defensive line, just absurd. Like, there's so much talent there. It's ridiculous. And I'm starting to think that, like, Montez Sweat is probably going to lead this team in sacks. I know he only had one this year, but he or this year, this weekend, but I felt like he was getting close a lot. So I think that he's just that odd man out. Everybody's going to be fo- so focused in on Chase Young and Kerrigan and uh, Jonathan Allen. Like, I think that sweat's just going to be there and he's going to just pile up sacks i expect a double digit sacks season from him uh this is the second team and given we're talking about the other one but two teams blew 17 point leads in the second half today this weekend 
So yikes for those two teams. Um, it's it's a hard look. So that always sucks. Um, I'm feeling better about my pick of the Eagles not making the playoffs um, right about now. It's super early, but I mean, two of these offensive linemen, two of the three that were out, they're not coming back this year. So um, it's going to be a struggle. And again, you're not going to face defensive lines like you did with Washington every single week, but there's going to be clearly defensive coordinators are going to look at this game and go, okay, this is what we have to do to attack them. Um, and you well, wish that they Sorry, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, dude, they honestly they might. They're they gotta play them one more time. They play the Rams next, the Cowboys twice. Alden Smith being added to that defensive line is a huge jump to that. Like, man, I might have messed up putting the Eagles in the playoffs because they're screwed with all these defensive lines I gotta face. Yeah, I I mean I don't disagree there. Um so there's those uh Haskins. So all about Haskins. I thought that he threw the ball well, and the biggest thing is is they let him run around a little bit. He had some good carries and they were doing like read option type styles with him. And so I thought that was really good. I thought that that brought a different dimension with this team not having as good as weapons on offense. And I agree, like Sims played great, McLaurin's a stud, but like still, like this probably is the I mean, it's still probably one of the top three worst, like, skill players of all teams in the NFL. Um, given better than what a lot of people think, but still bad. Um, you have to be creative like that. So I think that's good. I'm sure Stephen A. Smith is just smiling this weekend at watching him run around the field because apparently that's <laughs> what he did in college. Um, and then just an overall note that I saw, especially in this game, but, like, overall in the, the whole week. There were a ton of tight end screens. Yes. So many. Like, I was shocked. I, I almost felt like, besides the Jags game where the Colts just ran running back screen every other play, um, there were more tight end screens than I felt running back screens. It's They've just gotten so much more athletic. And, you know, teams don't – or defenses aren't accustomed to in a screen game like, oh, we have to worry about the tight end because it's always out on a block and it's – you send a receiver one way, you send a running back the other way, and it's like, oh, shit, we forgot about this blocking tight end that was in the middle of the field who's actually the one catching the ball. None of us are expecting it. It's kind of a nice little wrinkle, but I also think it opens up a lot of like early season plays like that for the tight ends, and then throughout the year it's going to be back to those explosive screens to the receivers and running backs because the linebacker is going to suck in to stay with the tight end, end up getting blocked, and it's going to open up the sideline for someone else. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so that's kind of my notes for the game um, after taking away all the things that you mentioned. So um, we were on the same page on a lot of things, which I liked. So let's move on to – you want to do Vegas-Carolina before we do Bears-Lions? Yes, let's go. You okay. go first so I don't steal anything from you. <laughs> um, I loved them taking a shot with Henry Ruggs, second play of the game. I think that that just shows the aggressiveness, and it shows that you have faith in your quarterback and you have faith in this – new toy that you got and um i think that this raiders special teams are gonna have troubles this year i think that they i just felt like every punt return the panthers almost broke it i felt like kick return they had chances so i just think that overall raiders that might be their weak their weak link on their team is special teams and i could see multiple teams having touchdowns on them throughout the year um Derek carr overall very solid game um he, he kept took care of the ball. He looked very patient in the pocket. 
he was able to move around when needed to, when he did have pressure up the middle or um, behind him where he could step up into the pocket. He hit his receivers for the most part, not a lot of inaccurate throws. And so honestly, as a Raiders fan, you have to be excited with what Derek Carr did. But caveat, you were probably playing the worst defense in the NFL. So, and I'm not trying to like now like take a shot, but like that defense is really bad in Carolina. It's really bad. <laughs> I freaking love it. Man, Derek Carr, Derek Carr doing great. A lot of good throws. Looking good. Bam. Worst defense <laughs> in the league. <laughs> but, I mean, you are exactly right. And going off of that, I thought he looked stronger. It felt like the ball popped out of his hand, you know, a lot more this game and so far this year. You know, it's only week one week. But usually he just – it feels like he's always just kind of flicking his wrist and lofting the ball and – he always just kind of lets his arm hang out on top, like, you know, hand in a cookie jar like he's shooting a basketball. This year was like, he's like, fuck it, dude. I'm singing this shit. And he did. But then the one time that he does loft it into Nelson Aguilar, drops it right in the breadbasket, like a beautiful pass. You love to see it. You you have something to be excited with for the Raiders and a couple of other guys. Josh Jacobs, he's going to have a massive year behind this offensive line because they are big and they are nasty. They're going to do good. I like that they had Darren Waller all over the field. They lined him up everywhere, inside, outside, on the line of scrimmage as a tight end. It was just, what can we do with Darren Waller in this offense? Huh, everything. Let's continue to do that. And that was awesome to see as someone watching a game for the Raiders and what they're doing. Jonathan Abrams for their defense was absolutely everywhere. Very physical. It seemed like he was in on every single tackle. For the Panthers, their offense, there's so much speed. I don't like seeing Teddy Bridgewater run around everywhere. That's not (laughs) – I just stop running, Teddy. He didn't look very accurate, and I don't know what this offense is going to be like outside of Christian McCaffrey because Teddy's the quarterback. Like, ultimately, you have so much speed everywhere, and I just – I don't know if it's going to continue to click every single game that where you're you're looking at it like, ooh – Thanks to Teddy, we're in this game. So um, in my notes, I did say Josh Jacobs, lock for top three uh, league rusher. Like he's locked in there. Uh, I love that he got six targets. That's a huge thing. He only had like 20 targets all of last season. So considering he had six in week one, fantastic to see. Uh, Jonathan Abrams, last thing about the Raiders before I move on. Jonathan Abrams flying around. Just looking like a stud. So good for him there. Um, for Panthers offense, love seeing Curtis Samuel. I've been talking about him all offseason. It feels like just like how he's going to be that new role. I mean, he had – I don't even remember what it was. No, I'm sorry. I got to look it up. He had eight targets, plus he had a carry. Like you you, you tell me he's going to have an opportunity at 10 touches a game in the open field. He's going to have a big year. I know he only had – roughly like 45 yards or something like that but like he's gonna bust some so really excited about that it's actually funny that you're talking about teddy bridgewater that way because you and i are exact opposite i thought teddy looked good i liked it i liked him moving around i think that he's showing that he is healthy and he can do that type of stuff he did that type of stuff at louisville that's what made him so great so yes obviously there is that concern with that knee injury but overall i thought he looked pretty good and Actually, in my note, I have, even if they are the number one pick, if he plays like this every single year, 
I could see them considering taking a left tackle over a quarterback. Really? You were yes. that happy with seeing Teddy? I think that he was put in a tough situation, and I think that he—I mean, I thought he played pretty well, to be honest. I mean, the stat line's not going to show that he played a fantastic game, but mm-hmm. I liked what I saw. I really did. I just—if we see another week of it, I'll go there. But That's I'm a- just— you know, I just feel like they could do more at that offense and that speed. And we'll just wait to see. Because I don't want to yep. be super judgmental. I don't want to overreact on a week one game for the Panthers versus Raiders. that ended up going down to the wire. Uh, the Raiders have scored with Josh Jacobs on the right side. Anything else you want to add to this game, though? Nope, that's what I had. Okay, perfect. Our last game that we're diving into, the Detroit Lions versus the Chicago Bears. Mitchell Trubisky is starting. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy get to keep their jobs another week, maybe extended it a couple weeks into the season, depending on how everything else goes. I got in. I don't even want to call it a Twitter fight, more just like a conversation on Mitchell Trubisky's game. And I was like, dude, he had one good quarter. If he can turn it into two or a whole game, it might be something we look into. Honestly, when I went back and watched it, after having that conversation, I was like, ooh, First quarter looked rough. Second quarter wasn't that bad. Third quarter hit some throws. That fourth quarter, he fucking led the comeback. Mitchell Trubisky led the comeback, and I had to eat my words. I wasn't telling that guy on Twitter. Uh, His name was Anthony. I want to see it another week before I'm like, hey, you're right. Should have been more patient. Maybe I should have waited three years instead of two. Like, here we are. But – Teddy Bridgewater, man, has some hit some big throws there at the end of the game. Uh, it's fourth and seven. Dude throws the ball 20 yards down the field. Now, I know I just complimented him, but we're going to go to that first quarter. Fourth and seven. The game just started. You throw the ball 20 yards down the field, in the middle of the field, and you threw it behind your receiver. You're lucky it didn't get picked off. You're very, very lucky. At the end of the game, though, Led them to victory, had some good throws. That throw to Anthony Miller on the right side, right in front of the end zone, I don't know how much more perfect you can throw that ball. So I will give you credit there. There were some throws that you had from the opposite hash to the left side of the field to Anthony Miller as well that looked good. You had a two-point conversion play, you know, a tight window throw you hit. You had one for um, Allen Robinson across the middle of the field. I think Allen Robinson got surprised that the ball made it through the two defenders that were in front of him. And he was like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe it. And it was he got shocked when it hit his hands and it bounced off and almost turned into an interception. I'm happy with Mitchell Trubisky. I'm not super excited. I'm happy that you were able to keep the starting job. Let's see if you can do it again. Over to the Lions. Adrian Peterson in blue and silver. I don't know why, but I like the look. He's also still pretty – he's still a good running back. He really is. <laughs> I, I don't understand how at this age in the same running style, he looks good. He looks he looks good. He's like fourth or fifth in the league in rushing. No big deal. He showed up <laughs> He showed up to that team literally last week. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, looking at this, uh, watching the game, it seemed like throughout the majority of it, both teams were hitting the middle of the field a lot. Like a lot of plays, like chunk yardage plays, came at the middle, attacking the seams, 
And then as like, you know, second half came around, it was like Matthew Stafford started just slinging it everywhere and everything was looking good. He was looking good in the pocket, looking comfortable. Uh, Hawkinson being involved, being healthy. I hope he can continue to do that because he's going to be a huge part of this offense. Like he really is. If you can get Kenny Galladay to stay healthy and play him running over Jalen Johnson. I don't know how you felt about seeing that. Uh, a Utah kid just getting blamed over, but then comes back and gets redemption at the end of the game to bat the ball down and steal the victory for the Bears. You do like to see that. But back to the lines. If you can get Swift and Adrian Peterson as your running back by committee, and then you can get Hawkinson as your tight end and a Kenny Galladay receiver, you have something there for the Lions on the offensive side of the ball. Defense still didn't look as good as I thought it should have. And that is honestly just kind of where my notes are sporadically over this game because it was all over the place. But Mitchell Trubisky leading them to victory at the end, I'm, I'm shocked by it. I really am. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to dive into this. Well, um, first off, it was Marvin Jones that laid out Jalen Johnson. Uh, Excuse Galladay me. Didn't play. That's all right. Uh, Johnson had a very good game. Jalen Johnson had a good game. So, like, that happens. Like, that's more of, like, a welcome to the NFL, Rook. Uh, this isn't the Pac-12 anymore. Get your shit together. But overall, he had a good game. So, here – I have more notes on this game than I do the other three. I really I'm, dove into this one. So I'm sitting back. I'm sitting back. Lions run defense. Yikes. That's it. It is so bad. Like, I thought the Jags was going to be bad. I thought the Panthers is bad. This might be worse. They were getting pushed around all over the field. There were gaps for days. Again, Adrian Peterson is 97 years old, and he just busted up just like he like literally the lions were like hey grandpa can you are are you okay to not be in a wheelchair like crutches is fine but wheelchair not okay and he's like yeah i can do it. i can actually be on one crutch and he's like all right they're great even better yeah that's the dude that just ran all over your guys's defense uh your head coach is a defensive minded guy and you just got just your bell rung every play no disrespect to Adrian Peterson, by the way, with that whole comment, because he's still very, very good. All right. Um, I don't understand the – okay, so this is what I hate. And this this is a prime example of it, but it happens all the time. I hate when a team starts out on defense, they get a stop early, three and out, maybe allow one first down, get a punt. And then you come out and you go run, run. Like, run on first down, run on second down. It is the most idiotic thing you can do. You have them up against the ropes already of, like, you can you can step on their throw early. Quick, in and out, and then you go down and score. Like, you can set the tone for the game. They go run, gain three yards, run, lose two, one, two yards. All of a sudden, it's like, all right, Stafford, hey, you haven't played in about a year. Good luck. Third and nine. Oh, by the way, you don't have your best weapon in Kenny Galladay. So, hey, good luck with this. Just complete garbage play calling. I hate that mentality of doing that, especially when the first play, it is a clear run formation. Like, you don't even, like, spread the ball out and then hope that, like, there's an opening because you had to spread the linebackers out. I hate it. Anyways, needless to say, they threw an incomplete pass and punted it right back. So, um, it's it's just garbage play calling. That goes for all offensives. 
but this game just showed it. Uh, Trubisky, like you said, hot garbage in the first half. Um, but I will say, even in the first half, when they were going off of play action, he looked so much more comfortable. It's crazy. Like, he looks so much more comfortable. And sorry, no, Fant just scored a touchdown. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm watching the game, too. So yeah, you're, good. you're good. I know you are. I can see you looking up. So, um, well, to interrupt you, I just watched someone get smacked in the face. Jake Butt just got punched in the face by Evans. And I don't know if they call the flag. Like, I looked up and saw a replay. I was like, what the fuck just happened? The Noah fan scores a touchdown. The Noah fans. It is what it is. Current um, game preview on previous game preview. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I think that Nagy needs to get Trubisky in more play-action plays. And that brings me to Monty, David Montgomery. That dude looked good. For coming off of the groin injury, he looked like I was thinking like he was going to be slow cutting and stuff, like afraid that he's going to hurt it. Dude, that dude was – he was running like he did at Iowa State. Uh, very excited for the rest of the year for him. Um, they need to keep Cordell Patterson involved in this offense. They have to do that. Like they don't have enough weapons on this t- team to not. Like they have to keep things creative, keep him there. Um, earlier I mentioned how there's a lot of soft calls. How about the Jamie Collins ejection? That was some bullshit. It, I just, I don't like that refs put themselves in like control of the game. And I yeah. feel like it happened several times this weekend. Agreed. Um, Alan Robinson, you know, I love Alan Robinson. I think everybody that listens to this podcast knows I do. You could see how frustrated he was, especially in that second quarter. Like, just so frustrated, right? And sadly, and this is on Allen Robinson, not on anybody else, I think he got so frustrated that he lost focus for a couple plays in the second quarter, and he had two drops. Or uh, he had one drop, and then he stopped running on a, on a deep route where if he would have kept running, he probably would have scored a touchdown. Like, he, pr- he would have caught that and scored a touchdown. So, like, two mental errors of – frustration because he doesn't believe his quarterback can get him the ball. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, those two are on you now, dude. And then it's like, now you're even more mad, right? Cause now you're mad at yourself. And then of course he had that sick diving catch, probably the, probably the catch of the week. Like it was so no, just, he stretched his entire body out for yeah. it. And you have to give credit to Mitchell Trubisky as well for at least making that throw for sure. Like being willing to do it. And I love that you brought up the play action aspect because Watching him play this game and the throws that he hit in the moments that they were made, it was like he wasn't thinking too much. You know, he wasn't overthinking a read or a player. was worried about losing his job when this should be the time that he does the most. And it was just kind of nice to watch Mr. Trubisky play football. You know, move around in the pocket, get outside, escape, and then zing the ball down the field. There was one play, um, and I have it here, and – so he made a good throw on the run to Robinson. He escapes, you know, I'm trying to think how to wear this. He takes a snap, drops back, sneaks underneath the tackle, gets to the right side underneath it, sprints out to the right, and he throws it to Robinson. I don't know if it was deflected or if Robinson dropped it. The, the angle that I saw it at was just kind of weird because there was a camera in the way. Um, but he makes that throw, and you're like, ooh, like, okay, that was a good, that was a good spot for that ball to be. Tough contested. It's okay. You know, live to see another down. 
the next throw he has to Anthony Miller on the left side. And it looks like he just throws the ball way off target, like way to the left of the corner of the end zone. And I think that was actually on Anthony Miller and not Trubisky because I think Trubisky wanted him to fade that route more, and he didn't at all. I don't know if Miller thought, was like, there's no way I'm being targeted on this play. I'm running a nine or whatever the route was. It just it looked like there was a miscommunication between the quarterback and the receiver. But I like I mentioned at the start, I'm really glad you brought up the play action just because he did look more comfortable in this offense, and that's awesome to see. And then with Montgomery going off that, I think he spent less time dancing behind the line of scrimmage, and it was just a one cut, I'm hitting the hole, and he saw some explosiveness. Tariq Cohen running did a lot better as a running back this game than I think he should have, and that's no disrespect to him, but I also think that just goes to show, like you mentioned as well, with this run defense for the Lions, it ain't good. It ain't good at all. It's not. Um, I actually think that Cohen in a weird way is like one of like a very overrated player. Um, like he gets a lot more recognition than like what I think he actually does. Well, he's a great pass catcher. Don't get me wrong there, but mm-hmm. like he, he really is a, not a good running back. Like, no, and given he's also five, six, like a buck 50. So also yeah. understandable. Right. But like, I think that, I think there's love for him because like two years ago, in fantasy, like he just had a breakout year, and like just because of so many pass catches and a lot of touchdowns, that like people know the name because of that. When in reality, he's just not as good as what that is. But again, if they use him right, he can do a lot of great things. Um, moving on to the rest of my notes, did you realize that the first third down conversion in this game was with nine minutes left in the second quarter? <laughs> They went a quarter and a half, basically, without converting a third down. I don't know if I realize it. I feel like I have notes on just the fact that no, like the defenses were shutting down the third. Yeah. Oh, it was the Eagles game. Oh. At the end of the game, the Eagles defense couldn't stop Washington on third down. Right. Marching all the way down, and it was just frustrating to see it. And then, you know, the Eagles offense got the ball back and didn't do anything with it. Washington gets the ball again and goes and scores once more. But it was just – that was frustrating to see it back to that game. Yeah. But, no, I did not realize it to this Bear Lions game that they didn't get a third down conversion until the second quarter with nine minutes left in the half. Yeah, and it was a like a third and 12 where Stafford had to run around a little bit and hit Danny Amendola for 12 and a half yards. So, was that uh, like in the middle of the field where he just yes. took a massive shot? Yes. Okay. Wow, I did not realize that was the first one. That was the one. first third down. Yep. Ridiculous. And um, I said Kenny Galladay at the whole start of this. I definitely meant Marvin Jones. I know what you meant. Um, speaking of Marvin Jones, I do have his base. His beast most hit was very nice, even though it was against a former Ute. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I have AP dominating, um, dominating, especially in the third quarter, to go up 17. Um, and then I almost felt like the the next drive – Bears went down and scored to go to 10, and then I almost felt like the the Lions went, uh-oh, we need to score again, even though they're up by 10. And then they went with a series with on Johnson and Swift, where I'm like, wait, you guys literally just ran it down their throats the last two drives in the third quarter and in the, and in the second half or in the second quarter. Like, why are you going away from this? I get it. AP probably needs a break, but at the same time, like, you might want to be like, hey, AP, can you – can you go? And he, you know he's going to say yes, and he's going to run hard. 
Like you just went away from a game plan, and then all of a sudden that's when you got into trouble. Um, then they end up going back to him the next drive, and he dominated again and got him back into field goal range. Uh, they end up missing the field goal, but yeah. So there's that, and then just I mean, you gotta feel bad for Swift. Like that's a brutal drop, first game of your career. Like it's just like that's gonna haunt him for the rest of the year. Like no matter what he does, it's people are gonna come back to that. Yeah, unless he somehow gets another opportunity at a game when he catch and he makes it, maybe he overcomes it then. But even then, it's kind of like, bro. No, I don't think it is because as long as they're not winning that division and they're go, that's one game. Like if if they're always a game behind, it's gonna get brought up on television every single game. Like, oh, they would be tied for the division if he would have caught this. Like, that's what it's gonna be. And I feel you're exactly horrible. right. You're I feel exactly horrible right. for it. So it, it was tough to see, but you could also tell that he was so excited that he got targeted in that moment. Yeah. And it was like, I've already caught it. I'm turning around to celebrate. Yep. And you took your eyes off the ball and that sucker just fell right out. Yep. Exactly. So, all right. That's, that's all I got there. So, um, what, what else do we got going on here? So let, we got a few more minutes here. So let's just go, and we're not going to do deep dives into these. I just want to talk about like one to two bullet points for all the other games. Mm-hmm. So um, let's do, I mean, let's spend at least three to four minutes on the Chiefs though. So you dive in, give me your three to four minute breakdown of the Chiefs before you go on Twitter and do it. Um, You're not going to see this type of game from them again this year, I don't think. I think this was a, hey, we have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We drafted him in the first round. We didn't get preseason. Let's show the league that, hey, we do have a running game. Kalechio Simile, their left guard that they picked up, is a massive addition to that offensive line. I like this offensive line this year more than I did last year. I think this offense is going to be better this year than it was last year, and I think the defense is as well. Frank Clark starting the year healthy. We saw that. The dip that he showed time and time again on Titus Howard, the right guard for the Houston Texans. I mean, he just he's sprinting at him, and then he dips the block, and then he gets a sack, or he makes contact, or he's into Sean Watson's face. You love to see it from the defense. Chris Jones getting interior pressure. Derek Nottie eating up the middle. It was just awesome. Legereus Sneed, fourth-round draft pick by Brett Veach and the Kansas City Chiefs, comes out and plays phenomenal. With Rashad Breeland being suspended the first four games, Rashad Fenton is playing nickel corner. Looks good. Charvarius Ward looking good at corner. Juan Thornhill got to start. I mean, this defense, dude, it, they just got better. And then Dorian O'Daniel, a guy that they drafted in the third round from Clemson a couple years ago. He comes in middle, late into the game, plays well. Looked like he was reacting good. Anthony Hitchens was making tackles. Ben Neiman. Kind of looked a little slow, but he's smart enough that he could put himself in a position to make plays. I'm still waiting to see Willie Gay Jr. I don't know why we didn't get to see him in the defense. It is what it is. We'll see him next time. Damian Wilson, I like seeing him on the defensive end of the ball as well. Daryl Williams, the other running back, he looked good. Uh, You know, the running back by committee that the Chiefs have there. Like I said at the start, though, this isn't going to be the same offense we see for the Chiefs next week because Sammy Watkins has a big week. Travis Kelsey had a couple touchdown receptions. You didn't see McCole Hardman or you know Tyree Kill get involved until maybe the end of the game in terms of targets. They're going to explode next week. I mean, these guys' offense is a true pick-your-poison. 
Do you want to get beat up by the run game? Or do you want Patrick Mahomes to just slice and dice your secondary? Because either way, one of them's happening. And they both might happen one game. And they put up like 60 points. I would love to see that. Hopefully it's against the Raiders in Vegas here in a couple weeks. Because that's just going to be magnificent. Um, but I'm excited for this Chiefs team, dude. And what it's going to be, it's, it's awesome. Having a running back that you know can come in and catch the ball well and break tackles. He had 137 yards rushing, 106 after contact. Hell, welcome to the Kansas City Chiefs, Clyde edwards Lair. Yeah, absolutely agree there. Uh, one thing before we move on to all the other games about the Lions game. Jeff Akuda didn't play, and I just don't understand it. So um, I, I just don't understand it. So whatever. Okay, Seahawks-Falcons. Let's do one bullet point each. Uh, for me, uh, Russell Wilson's here, and he is going to ball out this year. Uh, Jamal Adams was my defensive player of the week. Oh. Dude is flying around everywhere. We didn't. We did offense, not defense. So my, I also have Jamal Adams as my defensive player of the week. So, <laughs> Damn, I um, thought I was stealing that from us. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, so I agree with you there. Okay, so good points there. Bill's Jets. Uh, mine is the Jets are worse than I thought they were, and I already had them as the number one or number two pick, number one pick, somewhere like that. So, yeah, already worse than I thought. Yeah, I just – they're so bad, dude. It, they're so bad. I, I feel bad for Sam Donald because he has nothing to work with. Agreed. Uh, Packers-Vikings. Uh, I think we already talked about this. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. So anything else? Not very much so. Nope. Uh, Patriots-Dolphins. Uh, this offense is going to get exciting with Cam Newton on the running stuff. They definitely are. I just wonder how long he can continue to be the wor- the working horse for that offense. I think it gets to a point where it's like, hey, this is what our offense looks like. Everyone prepares for this. There's a possibility Cam Newton gets hurt. Bam. Here's Jarrett Stidham in our passing offense. Good luck trying to figure this out. We're winning. Uh, Ravens-Browns. Lamar Jackson looked good. <laughs> and Baker uh, Mayfield still fucking sucks. Baker Mayfield is probably a bottom five starting quarterback right now. I would 100% agree with that. He might be bottom three. Uh, Chargers, Bengals. Joe, Joe Burrow. Hey, welcome to the NFL, man. Sorry your kicker sucks. He said it's his left calf that is hurt. After the kick, he grabs his right calf. It's confusing. You should have tied that game and gone into overtime. I, I mean, it shouldn't have been that. It should have been a touchdown to A.J. Green. That was not offensive. I don't know if that was offensive pass interference. That type of contact happens all the time. So um, I will say that I he made a lot of rookie mistakes. Um, he really did. Um, and then my my note here is Chargers ain't that good. It, it needs to be uh, it needs to be Justin Herbert's team sooner rather than later. I know you guys got the win, and so it's going to give Tyrod even a, a more of a leeway, kind of like how it's going to give Trubisky. But yeah. Like it needs to be a show. Um, Saints versus Bucks. Mine is people are going to say the Bucks are overrated and not that good. I think it's just the Saints are really that good, and I think the Bucks will recover fine. Yeah, I mean the Bucks just need some time. You know, you, you come out with no preseason. Peyton or not Peyton Manning? Excuse me. My God, Tom Brady coming in. It, you got to get used to each other. You got to get on the same page. They weren't there yet. I think they'll be fine. Week four or five, we're going to be looking at this team like, ooh, they're clicking on all cylinders. Agreed. Uh, Niners, Cardinals. Kyler Murray's good. He uh, he can avoid some tackles. He can make plays. Uh, Hopkins being on that offense, he got a lot more targets than I think all of us expected. Yes. Uh, 
excited to see what this Cardinals team does in this division. Me too. Uh, mine is uh, NFC West may be a little scared of the Cardinals because they did this against this Niners team, and they weren't even creative with Kenyon Drake. Like, they did the most basic stuff with him. Like, when they get creative like they were at the end of the year with him, look out. So, agree with you there. And then Sunday night game, we're not going to dive into Monday night games tonight. Um, last So, last game, Cowboys-Rams. Ooh, that is a tough offensive pass interference call to call at the end of a game. I understand it with the arm being extended. I think Jared Goff looked smooth. He looked more comfortable. It looks better this year. Cowboys defensive line is for real. Uh, Cowboys offense should have done more, I think. They, their offense just – they literally could not stop Aaron Donald to save their lives. That was the difference. It was the difference. And they're going to recover so nicely next week against the Falcons. I think they're going to go off. So uh, agreed there. And, hey, I feel much better about my Rams uh, to the playoffs pick as well. I think that they looked good. I think that they kind of got their swagger back. I think Jared Goff played a very nice game. Um, Cool. That does it for us tonight. That's our breakdown. Week one, under wraps. We're good to go. It's time to dive into week two. We're excited for it. We'll be back um, in a couple days to talk about a lot of those games. So we appreciate you guys. And tonight we've been talking football.